Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. Uh, before we jump in, real quick, you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on Twitter and on uh tiktok at hold up podcast you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash hold up and you can subscribe now this is fun and new you can just subscribe to us on apple podcast and then you'll get all the bonus episodes right in your feed this week we watched the family stone we've been talking about it for weeks so you shouldn't be surprised we've been talking about it for years because for years i'm saying never and then we ran out of christmas movies um although we forgot like as i was googling something on the family stone you know what when we forgot that is also not good that we need to put on the list for next year the family man um who it's nicholas cage and tay leone and he gets to like redo his life can we just watch the last holiday again that movie is great allison tell us about the family stone the Family Stone came out in 2005. It's been gracing our presence for that long. It holds a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, which based on the responses, seems right. It seems people, about half people in the world like it. And it was written and directed by Thomas Basucha. Ooh, who's kind of a cutie. Um, it stars every single working actor in the year 2005. It stars Sarah Jessica Parker, Dermot Mulroney. Mm-hmm. I, I knew it was him. It was like him or Dylan McDermott. Luke Wilson, Rachel McAdams, Diane Keaton, Craig T. Nelson, not Ben Wyatt, the guy before Ben Wyatt. Uh, the, Paul Schneider. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Who am I forgetting? Claire Danes. Top build Claire Danes. Diane Keaton and Craig T. Nelson. Did you say both of them? I said them. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth Reeser, who... Don't say that like that's a name people know. The only other thing she's been is the lady who got a new face on Grey's Anatomy. Well, then for me, she's iconic. She's, I feel like she's a pretty like solid character actor. Like she shows up in shit all the time. I feel like. That's true. She's very good. She that's is very about good. this movie. I want to take you, I want to tell you how quickly my notes go from maybe this is the time I'm going to like this movie to actually enjoying it to a page and a half later, none of these people deserve love except that and his black husband. <laughs> I think Elizabeth, I think the sister that the older sister deserves love. Elizabeth Reeser, who just like has a happy, whose storyline is like, I have a happy marriage and I'm having a baby. Yeah, she can keep her happy. Except why is her husband showing up? She kept being like, he'll be here on Christmas. And you're like, oh, so he's going to arrive like Christmas morning. Like, who, who is, is he Santa? And then he shows up like late Christmas night. Like, we just do I not also- want to pay that actor. The first time I, okay, again, spoilers abound for this very old movie, just to FYI. Okay, so, like, the thing that all the siblings are figuring out over the course of, like, the Christmas is that their mom, Diane Keaton, who has had cancer and survived cancer, her cancer is now back and she will not survive it this time. She has a very bad prognosis. So this is likely the last Christmas with her is the implication throughout the movie. So Elizabeth well, Reeser a year later and she's right. And she's not there. Right. So the oldest sister, I the birth order of these children is unclear. It's super unclear. Presumably because he has been promised the family stone. Dermot Mulroney is the oldest son. 
but that's not clear. Yes. To me. So it's got, like Elizabeth Reeser, Dermot Mulroney, and Luke Wilson are the are the oldest, but who comes when is unclear. Then either Thad or who's the deaf gay son, because we wanted to give all the um, <laughs> marginalization to one kid. Uh, the deaf gay Thad and uh, what's her face? Rachel McAdams are presumably the youngest but she, she definitely has real is youngest daughter energy well she, and I, like i really was like i really respect what a cunt she's being first of all she absolutely has last born energy but also diane keaton calls her like at one point she says good morning last born um sorry that exposition is gorgeous i also feel like Again, like, this is me reading into it, but I feel like the implication when Meredith gives them all that picture at the end and it's Diane Keaton when she's pregnant with Rachel McAdams is that the older children remember that photo being taken and that's why it's special oh, to them. Interesting. Um, I just thought it's because it's like a beautiful picture of their mother who's going to Sure. Die. Sure. Well, we cannot divorce the fact that you and I had a uh, mother get diagnosed with cancer around the holidays that she has survived from. And so maybe I have an anger to this movie of like, I don't want to watch a mom get re-diagnosed and then die of cancer. That might be part of it. But I also think this movie is stupid. Now, the here's what I actually think is the stupid part of the movie. And I did write down, can we do this movie without the sister swap? Mm-hmm. The family drama of this movie, I really enjoy the Sarah Jessica Parker, Claire Danes are sisters who will eventually swap partners in a weird, like, weird, like, I like just get rid of those two and give me a family drama about Christmas. Yes. Here was my conclusion. The family drama, family comedy, grief, dealing with grief portion of the story is chaotic good. The love stories are chaotic evil. There's a part at the end where they're like all running around. And I guess you do have this in the love story. Although you can have it without. There is a movie on Hulu called um, Happy Together. Came out last Christmas, I think. That's basically even gayer family stone. It's like Kristen Stewart brings home her girlfriend. We can't tell her family it's her girlfriend. Because I forget if they're like overtly homophobic or just like more conservative i forget what um and it's not it's it's like good not great Mm -hmm. but like that and that movie is about like family drama and then there's a part at the end where like she and allison pre are chasing each other around the house and their father victor garber who i do think is the good version of craig t nelson (laughs) um it, like it has all this energy, but no one ever like swaps partners. Now, Kristen Stewart does deny the existence and deny her girlfriend the entire movie, and then they forgive each other pretty easily. But other than that, yeah, yeah, there's I, just something. Go. I I feel like the love stories in this. I actually don't mind the falling apart of Dermot Mulroney and Sarah Jessica Parker's love story. I actually think that that is a really interesting story. And I think that as part of a family drama, as presumably the oldest son who is feeling this pressure to get married and be settled 
before he loses his mother. Before his mom dies. That's an implication. Right. And has thus chosen a partner who everybody but him can see is not the right person for him. That is an interesting story. I don't mind that story. It's the then he falls in love in a matter of hours with her sister and she falls in love with his brother that is wildly messy, which I don't mind, but I don't think it necessarily gets pulled off here. Yeah, I agree. I Like, I think maybe what we got bogged down in is needing to have a happy romantic ending. Whereas if he just brought Sarah Jessica Parker home and we realized she wasn't right for him and humanized her, like maybe like we don't use Luke Wilson to humanize her. We just like let a woman have humanity on her own. Because again, this movie then falls in the trope of like in the beginning, she's wearing tight buns. But then once she fucks Luke Wilson, her hair is down. Like, like we could just, I also didn't need him to humanize her. I, I felt her, complexity and her humanity and her even in the moments when she's horribly awkward and I am cringing at her secondhand embarrassment like I don't need him there to humanize her I feel deeply for her all on her own I agree and then we let her like understand that she she and Dermot Moroni can have a nice break nice respectful breakup as they do that doesn't end with her then staying in his family's home going to lay in his brother's bed while he chases down her sister at a bus stop who then like asks him out for new year's eve and i'm like you don't want to have a conversation with your sister about whether she can ask out the man she was about to marry like 45 minutes ago like here here's my hot take yeah i i could have done with one swap it's the two swaps that takes it too far if like here god love her and she's fantastic and i love her claire danes is not needed in this storyline at all really like claire danes in this movie not her character or her storyline actually i don't mind her character her storyline makes no sense and i hate it but i think she does a very good acting job i don't ever think about claire danes i I don't ever think about claire danes when we think of like great actresses i don't think about her when we think about terrible actresses i don't think about her claire danes does not grace my brain all that often and every time i watch this movie i'm like oh she has a really natural way of acting that's really like Mm -hmm. really lends itself well to this movie because it is one of those family movies where everyone's talking over each other and that there's a lot of good like naturalistic dialogue and she does it really well the only character who doesn't do it is sarah jessica parker which i think is probably intentional she's not Mm -hmm. her character is not comfortable and therefore not natural Mm -hmm. um but I really like Claire Danes in this movie, but I agree with you. Like, what? Can you imagine? Let's lay out this scenario. Imagine for a second, you went to meet Jeff's family for the first time. It was going so poorly that you called me to come be with you during it. Okay, fucking man up and deal with it. But I guess I'm getting on the megabus. I then get on a megabus to come be with you because you've begged me to. And you disappear all night? I guess in that case, yeah, bitch, I'm stealing your husband because I'm mad at you. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker calls Claire Danes to come from her family to be with her and then disappears on her. I was like, these sisters have some shit to work through. Yeah. Again, I think, like, I, I if executed correctly with appropriate chemistry, which, like, I do think all of these people have the appropriate levels of chemistry with maybe the exception of Luke Wilson and Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to say I struggle with Luke Wilson and Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't buy it. I could have. That's fucking Dean Kane. That's fucking Luke Wilson. Um, I could have managed like a she's better suited to his brother storyline. Given that we know these two people are not in love. It's the like. It's the du- the duel that I'm just like, okay, we've pushed this too far. And it wasn't needed. I just don't think it was needed. I think that this movie is superior as like like we've said, like a family drama and and a family comedy. So we asked for people's feedback because we know that this movie is very divisive. Some people love it. Some people hate it. There's very few people who fall somewhere in between. Um, so we asked for some feedback. And I think I can drop her name because she's my person. But Sarah, I think she kind of hit it on the head. And she was like, when it's the f- movie about the siblings and how they interact and how they process grief, that all feels very natural and lovely and funny and wonderful. It's the then the rom-comness stuff that like goes wildly left. Yes. I actually agreed with Sarah's full. Um, she tried to answer in the Instagram box and I was like, fuck this. And we just got along to him and it was right. Yeah. Um, and yes, I agree. Like, that was the thing that I think I, I think when I have in the past said I hate this movie, what I'm, and then think like, but I should love this movie. That dichotomy is that this weird rom communist ruins what is otherwise a good movie that I like. The acting is all very good. These are all excellent actors. Like, I hate how cringy Sarah Jessica Parker is in this movie, but it's good writing. Like, it's supposed to make your skin crawl when she's asking a gay couple if they worry they're going to raise a gay kid. Like, that's supposed to... It's supposed to be a foot-in-her-mouth moment. Yeah. Um, That she, like, can't... She's just, like, word-vomiting and, like, can't stop saying insulting things. Now, the point of view of it is very 2005. Like, it'd be a different... Maybe not. Maybe. But, like... I don't know that we, like... Are there still people who think, I guess, yeah, I guess there are people who still think that gay people can't raise children. Whatever. Um, if only that was left in 2005. But, like, all of that is good. And then I, the end of this movie undoes it all for me. Because it also feels like we're trying to shoehorn in a lot of rom-cominess. Like, like mm-hmm. I wonder if this guy wrote, like, a family drama and then someone was like, we need a rom-com. Because also the, like, Rachel McAdams... Even her character her story has like, well, she's mean, but then she falls in love and becomes nice. It's kind of like, you know, she's mean because she's mean. Like, let's, let's, I, I, we don't need to be adding rom-com elements to every sibling who doesn't have a partner's story here. Yeah. Like, well, and again, I actually feel like her arc is not like she falls in love and stops be- being mean. I think her arc is like, she gets this really beautiful gift from this woman that she hasn't given a chance to and realizes she's been a total bitch and like softens towards her. Well, also her bitchiness is that her mom is dying. Like, yeah. She, and as a- we, and she's not nice to any of her siblings. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's that like, I, you know, as the youngest, look, God love you. I don't know what you're about sisters, to say. I was always lovely to Jeff. No, no. I just mean like younger sisters are mean. Like they, I just, I think like, they they you young sisters naturally have this like i must protect all the people i love energy that comes with a mean streak and the like what we're told about amy 
Amy McAdams, Rachel McAdams, Amy is her character name. Um is that she's mean to all of her siblings' partners. Like, I think it's Yeah, that, Patrick, like, the Thad's husband, says at one point, she says, he says, you never like anyone. And she's like, what are you talking about? I love you. And he's like, oh, and then Thad says, like, that took years. Like, right. the implication that she was mean to Patrick for a really long time. Patrick, right. who was simply perfect. Right. Yeah, his I think job it's is that, to... like... Yeah, I his job like is to be, character? like... Be, like I like his guy. character because... It's to be super hot, but it's also to be nice to sarah jessica parker it's to be the person that's like i've actually been here before i know what they're doing to you i'm gonna treat you with kindness and respect even though you said some racist and homophobic things to me this poor guy i'm going to go with grace because i feel bad for you and i know that it's like hard to enter this family i think that's a good character to have to have a person to be like no i did ingratiate myself to this this very closed off family it can be done and i'm gonna be the nice guy that makes you do it now i also appreciate that they don't have him like roll over and take the racist and homophobic like he is vocal when she says shitty things Mm -hmm. um which i appreciate that we don't make the one black character in this movie being like it's fine tell me i'm not suited to raise a child because i'm gay and black right (laughs) that Um, scene is actually like i (laughs) I fast forward through that scene because it makes me so antsy. So, so uncomfortable. It's so Basically, uncomfortable, for but those it's so well written. It's, it's so very well written. written. It's a very good family dinner scene. The scene is her being like, Claire Danes asks a question, which I also don't think is appropriate, but is like slightly better. Claire Danes asks, like, asks if they have a preference on the baby's race, mm-hmm. which she's not doing the royal family. How black is it going to be? But it's still sort of like, I don't know. It's like, is that well, they also, like, you don't know these people like you're not right that's not you know but everyone takes that question in stride and they give the answer you give which is like no we just want like the storyline being that these two men are adopting um we just want a like healthy happy baby we don't we don't care blah 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 and then i guess like empowered by that sarah jessica parker goes on this like well they don't know if it's nature versus nurture that makes a child gay so you are you at all worried that like if it's nurture you're gonna raise a gay kid is essentially her question and diane keaton handles it very well and has this whole like i tried to make all my children gay if it was nurture i wouldn't have two straights on like mm-hmm. um you know they're they're having like a funny laughy scene about how diane keaton she makes a joke for drapes like these drapes would never turn a child gay they're like making light and fun of it essentially being like of course like ch- children are what they're gonna be i have five children one of whom is gay it's not nurture basically mm-hmm. um and sarah jessica parker just like keeps doubling down and then at one point says like well patrick you must understand what i'm saying like she basically has the like i why would you want to strap a child with more hardship and then says like patrick you must understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. and his response is we just got hit twice mm-hmm. which is like yeah did you just look at this gay black guy and be like you get it because your life must have been horrible with all your marginalization mm-hmm. and again it's 2005 i think now we're having a conversation where like instead of saying why would you want a child to have more hardship say like why can't why are we not trying to build a world that is accepting of black people and gay people and deaf people so that it's not on the child or the person that's not on the marginalized person to have to feel like they have to ingratiate themselves into this world it's the world's job to which is parents job the the family's perspective yes and like in that scene that's the family's perspective this family having like raised this you know 
gay child who also is deaf, who is now in a relationship with a black man. Like this family is very much of that perspective. Sarah Jessica Parker as the outsider is coming in with this other perspective. And like, yes, her approach is awful and like she needs to be corrected. But she hasn't like built any capital with this family and they have a lot of like preconceived notions about her and about her belief system and her values and so they ultimately it escalates right and so like while she's in the wrong certainly I feel for her in the reaction that she gets from them because she you know it's already this very fraught situation it's been really awful for her she has not found her stride with these people she's not comfortable in her own skin she's a very you know kind of like uncomfortable uptight person and it just kind of escalates and I think that like the way it's written is like the family dynamic is beautiful and sweet but you also feel for everybody in the scene like mm-hmm. there is no villain you know like there's no everybody it, it just is it, it's a, a horribly like cringy scene but also really well done and that like every again everybody's human in in those mm-hmm. moments even and the thing that I think is done in the writing and also in Sarah Jessica Parker's acting is that you can see her as she's speaking, knowing she's putting her foot in her mouth and not knowing how to stop it. Right. Like there's a level of sort of like she can't catch the words as they're coming out of her mouth. Right. And she has this very flawed worldview that you have the aspect of, and even Claire Dane says, like, I know how she can seem. It's like, I do believe that this woman has a good heart. And then when she's drunk, she says, like, I love the gays. Like, I do believe this woman has a good heart who politically and emotionally believes that gay people should be able to get married and raise children. And but who also has this flawed understanding of how we create a world that's equitable enough to do that. Um and, and instead of meeting her doesn't... where she's at and trying to have a conversation conversation with her about it Diane Keaton screams at her now also if you're the mother of a deaf gay child I think that's also the like the emotional reaction I would have if someone was coming yes. at my child and asking those questions and my son-in-law and saying like it's hard to be black in America which like yes but also like that doesn't mean he shouldn't like be like like just the way she was coming off was sort of like I would also I think do what Diane Keaton did which is like shut the fuck up at my table right but it's the idea of like if this family had taken a deep breath, if if Sarah Jessica Parker had taken a deep breath and watched her words, and this family had taken a deep breath and met her where she's at, and like more clearly stated their correct point of view, it wouldn't have blown up into an argument. But then also wouldn't be a family, and we wouldn't have a movie. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh. My pants perfectly match my couch. Yeah. You should. You should unpack that. Ben told me in our shared home I'm not allowed to decorate with any weird greens or weird yellows, in quotes. Rude. No mustards and no pea greens. I was like, well, then we have to get all new shit. <laughs> um, I will say that, like, in this viewing, when I separated the kind of like the two different stories you know like the family story versus the love story 
I did like this movie. This was probably the most I've liked th- this movie was this viewing. I also, and I think I say this a lot on this podcast, but I feel like, you know, since becoming a parent, like I view things differently. I really connected with like Diane Keaton's own grief in like leaving behind her children and like trying to make sure that they're making good choices for themselves and choosing good partners for themselves before she, you know, kind of like having that piece. Um, I feel like that's sort of like that piece of the story gets kind of overshadowed by all the other craziness. And I also just think that Diane Keaton is such a natural and subtle actor that like her performance, while fantastic, I think, just that story kind of like falls to the behind sometimes what are the what's the word i'm looking for like the back falls to the back sometimes um but i yeah and i think that sorry finish no i just think like um like her own sort of like processing and grief and fear and all of that is is really well told and all the kids too like as they start to figure out what's going on um i think all of that is really well written and really well acted from everybody in you know in this movie that's my problem with like then we're trying to tack on this romance story that isn't interesting doesn't make sense to me and isn't natural like Mm -hmm. i want to see I I think you're right. I think everyone figuring it out and dealing with their grief in their very specific, like, well-written character ways. Like, there's something very natural about the oldest daughter figuring it out first and, like, going and laying in bed with her mother. And there's something, like, the way Luke Wilson and Craig T. Nelson get, like, high and talk about it. Mm. And then he comes home high and just hugs his mother. Like, each child learns in their own specific way, not the least of which is nobody ever tells Rachel McAdams. She just figures it out, mm-hmm. um, which feels like a very specific nobody ever wants to upset or hurt the youngest. And so they have to figure things out in their own. No wonder we're fucking mean. No one's ever telling us shit. <laughs> like that, like her figuring it out entirely on her own, like uh diane keaton and you're right like diane keaton's own grief why do we keep watching movies where mothers are dying at christmas and leaving behind their children this is this is just best man holiday shit all over again i did not cry nearly as much in this movie as i did in best man holiday i don't think i cried at all whereas oh i did holiday i uh i I definitely me along in the fucking bathtub i don't know what you want from me i weep (laughs) um i cried because for the first time I realized that in the very last scene where Diane Keaton is no longer there, that Rachel McAdams is wearing her mother's ring. That she's wearing a ring that Diane Keaton wore through the entire movie. Oh, that's nice. And I lost it. That's very subtle costuming. Good job. There's so much about this movie that is good and feels like in that last scene. I really like that last scene. I really like, I really feel for this mother is the matriarch of this family is dying Craig T. Nelson does, we haven't even talked about Craig T. Nelson's, like, he does an excellent job of acting. Everyone does a good job of acting various types of grief. Mm -hmm. And again, I think it's just overshadowed by this stupid 
stupid sister brother swap rom-com that I don't buy or need. It's almost like we were like, well, Claire, we've invested so much in Sarah Jessica Parker and Claire Danes. So we want them in that last scene a year later. And it's like, I don't know that we, I don't know that we need them there. Uh-uh. I can have Sarah Jessica Parker and Dermot Mulroney break up respectfully as they do. And then I don't need Dermot Mulroney like chasing down Claire Danes at a bus stop getting a date for New Year's Eve and then walking away in the snow with like his hood up, like he's fucking eight mile. Like what that last shot of him walking away from the bus, like looking like off brand Eminem. It's really dumb. It was weird. I will say the last, the scene where like everything kind of comes to a head is really yes. well done too. Um, I appreciate that. Like Diane Keaton and Rachel McAdams, who have been the two who are hardest on Sarah Jessica Parker, are the two that like go to her rescue when she's kind of like finally melted down. There's this very funny scene with the Strata, and then uh, Dermot Mulroney and Luke Wilson fighting is very funny, and Luke Wilson being very concerned about his brand new blazer that he's put on. There's also a moment his like, blazer over his jammies. <laughs> Where everyone's fighting and everything's erupting and like Claire Danes and Paul Brandanowitz like introduce each themselves to each other, which is very funny. Like there's Amidst a lot the, that goes on that's great in fight, that scene. There's so many good There's so many good subtle moments. The Claire Danes and Paul Brandanowitz, which is not his name, Paul Schneider. Um, that's not his name either. Who the fuck is this man? Not Ben Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Brandanowitz. Mark Brandanowitz. You're Jesus. right. Paul That's Schneider not is his Mark Brandanowitz. Name. That's his Parks and Rec character's name. Yes. John Krasinski's brother, and away we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another moment where Claire Danes has put on the wedding ring because Dermot Moroney has been like, I want to make sure it fits. And I'm like, bro, sisters don't have the same hand size. Like, this is bullshit. Like, you and I do not have the same hand size. And I know that because I try and steal your wedding ring all the time um but and then so it's like stuck on claire dane's hand because her hand is bigger than sarah jessica barker's which like lol both of you women weigh 90 pounds um and then so she can't get it off and at one point sarah jessica parker very like very meekly and quietly like is like careful of the setting like it's such good like but that's my wedding ring (laughs) right (laughs) um there's there's like a lot of good subtle there's the dialogue and you know i love a natural dialogue all right, what else do we have to say about this movie? I feel like we should talk about what people told us they liked about this movie. It's a lot of the same things we yes. liked about this movie. I feel like... I thought that Debbie and Julia had an excellent... Uh, they sent us a voice memo, so we'll play that and hear the, the alternative take right here. Hi, this is Julia. And Debbie. And not only are we fans of the Hold Up podcast, but we're also big fans of the movie The Family Stone. So let's talk about why we like it. So for me, as the mom in this story, I find it to be very um, realistic and reflects what Christmas is like for a lot of families. It's messy. It's not perfect like the Hallmark Channel. It's special to me because it's something I actually saw in theaters with my mom. So I absolutely love that, that part of it. Um, I think it's really well cast. I mean, just... So many fantastic actors and so many names. I also think it's really clever that it's a play on words for Stone because it's the name of the family. Plus, it's all about, you know, 
Dermot Mulroney's quest to get his mother's engagement ring. And there's also a little, you know, extracurricular activities going on with Luke Wilson, so to speak. Anything else? Well, all in all, it's just a movie that makes us kind of happy, even in spite of the fact that it's messy. They still love each other and they find a way to enjoy each other and come back together. So go watch it and make up your own mind. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Amazing. Thank you, Debbie and Julia. That was beautifully put. What? Other lots of people said that this is a movie they like to watch when they need a good cry. I completely understand. I sobbed real hard. Mm-hmm. Which may I suggest? I understand that, but like Bassman Holiday will do you right in. And you get four men dancing in sparkly suits. You don't get that here. Somebody said it's basically Christmas shoes, but more dysfunctional in the shoes are a picture, which was I thought funny. Because Christmas shoes is another one that's just like the whole purpose is to make you cry. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Christmas shoes. Who said that? Anna said it. I've never seen the movie. I've only like listened to the song. So I get the basic gist of what's happening. Um, Somebody said called it a cult classic, said the yay gay people lines. Very funny. Um. There is a good, like, drunk in the bar scene. Sarah Jessica Parker, drunk in the bar, is fun. Um, And Sarah Roper pointed out, Get Right Back Where We Started From is, like, a top ten song. She's not wrong. Great song. Um, Yeah, I might listen to it. I might put it on my Christmas playlist, even though it isn't technically a Christmas song. Somebody said that this came out, like, right after they lost their grandma, who reminds, like, Diane Keaton reminded them of their grandma, and so it just like really struck a chord and they really connected again i i get that i feel like the grief part of this is excellently done very well written yes um and then somebody else said that they have a soft spot for it because of the sibling dynamics i think that that also rings very true i think the way that these siblings interact with each other is very natural very genuine very real you know like they are each other's best protectors, but they also call each other out on their shit. Um, and somebody else just said cozy vibes, which I appreciate. It is. It is a good. Co- it it does vibes. have cozy vibes. I will give it that. the The home, like the family, the world building around like the family and this home is lovely. Also, Debbie and Julia, I think, said this in their recording. Um, but the the devil to triple entendre of Family mm-hmm. Stone, mm-hmm. which. Before them saying that in the recording, I had never thought about because I'm a full time idiot. It's about a ring. Their last name is Stone. Sarah Jessica Parker is Stony. <laughs> also, like family, Stone. the matriarch, the Rock, is the yes. you know like Diane Keaton is the 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 it's Rock, the, the Stone that holds the family together. Um, beautiful. Yeah. Get rid of the rom com aspect of. Yeah. I'm gonna learn how to re edit this movie and just edit out that. It's, I like that. Um, I also and just I think you like yourself a great movie. Like the characterization of these people. Um, like Diane Keaton and Craig D. Nelson have very like hippy dippy, you know, East Coast professor vibes. Um Yeah, as someone who is a, a staunch Republican, he certainly plays like hippie grandpa really well. Yeah, I mean twice and like iconically. Right. Yeah, yeah. Craig T. Nelson should be the patriarch in all things, I think is what we've decided. Um Victor Garber. But sure. Um, and then they have like. Do you hate gay people di- and diabetics, Carrie? Because Victor Garber is both. 
I I do not hate either. Um, and they have like they've raised all these like hippy dippy kids. I love it. That's great. My question is like they raised all these hippy dippy kids, and how, why did Dermot Moroni turn out the way he did? And if Sarah Jessica Parker is the way she is, why is Claire Danes like normie? I think it's the they're like the oldest the- sibling thing. I think like the, the this isn't ever explicit, but I at least with I don't feel like. Hold on. I'm trying to say a couple things. First of all, I don't feel like the relationship between Claire Danes and Sarah Jessica Parker is given much time to be flushed out at all. And I think that that's part of the disservice in this movie and like why the Claire Danes storyline like never fully works is because I don't really understand the relationship between those two. I think the implication or like at least my understanding of Dermot Mulroney and why he is the way he is is that it's not who he is, that he's, like, this suit and tie guy. And everyone, like, all his siblings keep calling him out on the fact that, like, he's wearing a suit and he's wearing a tie and he's acting all, like, uptight and, like, not, you know, like, he is, I think, historically more like Luce Wilson. Um, But because... At the end, when he's at his eight-mile hood, that's who he is. Yes, because he's losing his rock... And the family is losing their rock stone. If he you will. is feeling like this need to have everything like wrap wrapped up and tied together, and feel like he's got it like all together, and so that's where this kind of like switch in his personality is coming from. There's a very good scene of her like talking about how they met, and it it's very unnatural and like rehearsed mm-hmm. this like story she's telling of how they met, which I think is like, like all of it lends to like, this is not Dermot Mulroney's natural personality. Like she doesn't feel like their relationship isn't grounded in anything real. So she has this like rehearsed right. story of how they met and why they're perfect for each other. And I think like that and the way it's written and the way she acts that rehearsed rehearsalness juxtaposed at this family, just like yelling and screaming over each other is done very yeah. well. Well, and, like, uh, as she's telling the story, like, the questions his family is asking, like, the things they expect that he had done, he didn't do. Like, he's acting differently with her than his family would expect and not in a good way, necessarily. Right. Uh, Luke Wilson kept being like, you don't love her. Which would be tough to hear if you brought someone home and you were like, I don't think you love them. Okay. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Some hard truths. I don't know. I guess it's better than I've ever given it credit for. I really hate the I really hate the sister brother swap. Yeah. It's just not necessary. I would have liked if we're gonna add a sister, I would have liked some more fleshing out of their relationship. I just feel like God love her, she just is ex- extraneous. Claire Danes is not needed in this movie. She's There's not needed. too many people as it is. Um is this our last Christmas movie? No, we have one more Christmas movie. No. Allison. I watched I watched it without you, but I'll watch it again because I watch it always at least twice every Christmas season. Ben hadn't seen it, and I was like, well, now you have to. Next, we are watching White Christmas. It will not hold up at all. I mean. No, no. Uh, there's a minstrel scene like this movie is just not gonna hold up yeah i always forget that when we were watching it and i was like i don't know i think it and it came on and ben was like oh and i was like oh right there's a whole part where they sing an ode to the 
minstrel show. Yeah. Um, but you're gonna cry when they stand up for the general. Yeah. This this movie is one of my favorites. It makes absolutely no sense as a like the plot is the the plot hole, but every two minutes. And you know, it was it's very important. We'll talk about this next week, so you wouldn't. But it's important to us because it was a aunt who has passed. Yes. Join us in two weeks for White Christmas. Between this episode and White Christmas, you're going to get the Lindsay Lohan Patreon episode, which we've already watched and recorded, and it's fun as fuck. So if you're not already on a Patreon subscriber, now's the time to do it. Yes. Um, And we Uh. did release our very first Patreon from a year ago. Christmas is now available. Even if you're not a Patreon, I released into it recently. It is a wild ride of Vanessa Hudgens's... um, so check up our, our Princess Switch episode, um, which you can find wherever you watch podcasts. You do not need to be a patron patron to watch it. Um, but then subscribe. Right. But if you want so that you more can of all that, the other fun episodes, then. Uh, oh, because we're going to do the Best Man TV show next month. It'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Very excited. Although my hand to God, if they kill another character. Also, like. Unless it's Quentin, he can die. <laughs> also, I'm sad to, like, watch it without her. Maybe they'll have some flashbacks. I know. When I was watching the trailer, I was like, are we really expected to not have any Mia at all? Right. Give us a flashback or something. Um, But we're going to, I guess, maybe, I forget the, Mia's husband's character's name, but. Morris Chuffman. Right. That's not his character's name. This is his actual name. Maybe we're going to get him dating. I could I could get behind him dating. Um, also, you know, it seems fun about it for a third time tay diggs is gonna sell his friend on the river to make money are we really we're doing this again tay <laughs> you gotta love and the does not learn a lesson um no bye bye